calling to let you know that Carolyn is a, a candidate for a cochlear implant. It's Tuesday, April 30th, 2019. I'm Andrea Schwabi, and this is my beautiful cyborg, Caroline. Hello. Hello. So, uh, why has it been so long? <laughs> it's been way too long, and that's because, well, there's lots of reasons, but um, they sound like excuses. <laughs> and I would say the, the primary reason that it's just been so long since we've opened up the mics and talked is is that it's emotional. There's and a lot going on. There's still like, a lot we, going we, on. We haven't really slowed down since the roller coaster started May 2017. Like it really has just been this continuum of craziness. You know what? So I find myself. I catch myself saying, I'm so overwhelmed, I'm so overwhelmed. And there's not really actually that much physically going on all the time, like every day. But my head, my brain is so full. I have so much more input coming in that it feels crowded in there now. Like I'm... I'm Well, you just, you're thinking more. I mean, your brain is more active and it's just that, it's that much busier in your head. It really, really, and I I know that, that probably sounds a little strange, but I'm listening to so many podcasts. Trust me, it's strange to watch. (laughs) I believe that. And, and also I, I, I have to give myself um, a little bit of leeway and recognize too that it's still... Um, my brain is still working overdrive just to work to hear. Like, right. I, it's still more effort for me well, to hear and than... That's, that's not really, I don't think, ever going to go away. I mean, that's just the nature of you're getting digital audio and your brain is converting it to analog. Right, and I can live with that because it's so much better than yeah. not not having that input. So so the the order that things went was that we came back from Nashville... And then suddenly we were getting ready for something called the Courage Gala, which was a benefit for the Glen Rose Hospital, where they have the cochlear implant services department. Right, and we were running around. Buying... And then that's that's done now. And now we're getting ready for. Well, you're going to Toronto for a quick family visit, and then we're going to Montreal at the end of the month, and we right. have a, a big talk in Montreal for the Canadian Heart of Hearing Association. Right, so and there was Easter between there, yeah. and it's just yeah, it's so actually we're going to try to catch everybody up about Nashville. Yeah, so today's really kind of the Nashville episode. (laughs) Even though we're so... Nashville in February. Well, we'll talk about it in April. Embarrassingly late, but but wow, what a trip. Two of my nieces uh, were just in Nashville on the weekend for a marathon. I did not know. I didn't know that. They're my nieces too, you know. I know. We're talking about cochlear celebration that we were at in February in Nashville, and now they've actually got Instagram posts that are more current than our podcast. Oh, that's terrible. Good for them. Yeah. I'm going to have to reach out. It was half marathons, to be fair. Oh, that's great. What a great city, too. Great town. Noisy. Yes. Lots of music, and that's that's the hardest thing for cochlear implantees. That's tough. Okay. Um, What else we got going on here? So, yeah, we're just doing the update on Celebration. So, it's old news. We didn't really want to skip over it. We wanted to talk about it, but what ended up happening is... We, we tr- oh, how many did we have? Like two or three false starts. We tried twice to yeah. do this podcast, and, and we talked and, talked and talked and talked and talked and talked and talked and talked for like an hour and a half. And it wasn't really good. <laughs> it was actually terrible because a lot of it was super emotional. Yeah, and we kept and distracting each other. Trying to edit the first time we went through it was horrible because there were so many stories that were just these crazy, like we heard so many 
and, stories and about we kept people. trying to get into those stories and talk about how people lost their hearing because right. we heard at least one of every way to oh. lose your hearing. Okay, so let's let's talk about that first. Right. So uh, we'll go with um, Nancy. So Nancy's from California, and after we'd done our talks, we, we weirdly became sort of mini celebrities. We were people like the talks, and that was great. And so we had lots of opportunities to talk to people because they just came up and said, "Loved your stuff," and you know, what's your website? We give them a cochlea, and we'd have a conversation, and they tell us their story, we tell them ours, and and it was just it's it's so much. Um, I mean, there's a depth of connection because everyone has gone through the silence wars. The truth is, so it's like Nancy, a big, big, big family gathering. Is. But with Nancy, we're on the bridge in the Magnolia Atrium or whatever, which is just a giant garden with it a huge so canopy of, of fresh magnolias growing. I mean, just crazy. And um, she stops me and says, I appreciated your talk. I've got a couple of questions. She had a couple of questions about things. And as she, we talked, she told us her story. And at, you know, she was in her early 50s. Uh, it's only a couple of years ago. And she lost her hearing overnight to bacterial meningitis. She'd already had cancer four or five times and things removed. I mean, you know, she'd had a really rough health go. And she said the worst thing she had endured, the worst thing she went through was the sudden hearing loss. Well, I can't imagine just waking up one day with no hearing uh, to be truthful in some ways it's a blessing that it was slow and grinding and horrible <laughs> mm. i i don't want to say that either it's just that we felt like you know oh at least we had the heads up this was going to happen where she just was thrown into this abyss of darkness in terms of of access to information who's someone uh, else that stuck out to you Pardon me? Who stuck out to you? Someone else? Uh, actually, um, well, the same girl. I mean, how can you not How can you not uh, keep her image in your mind as a sort of a prevalent yeah. um, representation and example of someone losing their hearing suddenly like that? Mm-hmm. Especially at that age. And just, it would be pretty... The thing, one, one person that I remember was uh, the lady during, there was sort of the open house where people could come up and just sort of do meet and greet with speakers and things like that. <clears throat> and um, I can't remember where they were from. I remember they they had worked in or lived in Alaska for a little while in Anchorage. Um, but she had the first, she was the first person I met with a bone anchored hearing aid, a Baja. Right. And so I asked her, uh, this is actually embarrassing, Could could would you show me your, your bolt, your plug? I yeah. don't even know what it's actually called. There's a little sort of titanium bolt they screw into the bone and then skin heals around it and yeah. that's where you attach your, your your Baja. And she was like, oh, sure, no problem. She pops off the Baja. That she was sort the of shows coolest her hair, thing to get. And it was the coolest thing to really see. And she was so patient. And her other side was on, so we were talking and I was asking questions. And it was just the coolest thing to be able to talk to someone who's deaf while she's looking away and I'm examining her implant like it's right. just really neat I mean but, and, and but, people are so willing to be that personal like they're really open to yeah I'll show you my hearing actually everybody there was yeah. every there were no there was no well there's no shame in it so there, but there was no shyness even and and some of the people that struck me to uh, maybe more profoundly were um, I was really curious about the kids yeah so I would ask them like so do you remember being deaf? Mm-hmm. And they all looked at me with these big saucer eyes, wondering what the heck I was talking, talking about. about. Well, like, the one kid asked him if he thought he was, does he think of himself as deaf or hearing? 
And he sort of, he literally scrunched up his face and kind of went, hearing? Like, what do you mean deaf? It doesn't even make sense. Right. He doesn't remember a day of his life where he couldn't hear. Right. Well, I do envy them in a way because uh, many of those kids were implanted probably as infants yeah. or we didn't go into those details. Yeah. But um, in in some ways, you know, that would be the way to go because <laughs> really you only know you're deaf. You, you only realize that you're not like everybody else mm-hmm. when you when you take your processor off right. in that situation where, you know, we had all those years of just just gutting it out so let's talk about the talks so we did two talks the first one was um basically about our advocacy and media work and that kind of thing with uh, a few other people who've done some amazing things and then the second one was when hearing loss hits home and it's the relationship side right and so in each of those we had 15 minutes and the thing that i thought was interesting was being on stage in you know in front of hundreds of deaf people who are reading you know the person who's captioning it live or they're hearing us and you see so much nodding and and as as the things get darker like because it's about the hard things and it's a room that's receptive to that we don't really talk about a lot of that too publicly because it's really difficult and it's hard to understand why things break when they do and why they do and we have to figure it out first sometimes and we'll eventually get to that in the podcast but it's still like it's a year it's raw I'm actually, so in some ways I'm eager to talk about that, but it was cool to just touch on some of those subjects. Oh, but the darker we got, the nodding. Yes. Like, And you saw couples looking at each other and then looking back at us and the nodding continuing. And we had several questions at the end of that Mm -hmm. uh, talk as well that we didn't have so much in the, the, with the, oh yeah, it was a forum for the the media one. Well, the, the funniest question I thought that was interesting about the relationship thing was someone who'd said, well, you know. I'm an introvert, and on Saturday mornings, I like to wake up and just have my coffee, be left alone, and read the paper. And I don't put my processor on because I want to be left alone. And now my husband gets angry because I should always have my processor on. And I said, well, the answer to the question of how you deal with that is not a hearing problem. You're an introvert. <laughs> you know? like, and, and that's the part well, of Well, because you can the, relate, because yeah. it's actually opposite it, for it's us. It's the opposite for us. Um, but it's, it's weird how the relationship stuff, sometimes it's hearing... And right. sometimes it's exactly not exactly. It's yeah. just people, but it's hearing related, right? In that, in that respect, yeah. Uh, what did you think about the talks? How was it for you? Since you're a deaf person, I was so nervous, and there was no real actual reason to be. Uh, these were family members. It really <laughs> felt like family, hey? It did, and like, it, it, the the. The thing that I can say definitively is I was super nervous before and the second we got on stage and just looked out onto these really friendly, happy, smiling yeah. people's yeah, yeah. faces and they're so beautiful and, and friendly and they're kind and welcoming. They're just happy to be too. Like, they're so, just happy to hear. Uh, it, there was n- zero reason for the nerves, but yeah. but um, it, was, uh, it was cool to share that stuff and, as you said, see the nods. And... Um, and well, and one thing that I thought was super cool was that I, my assumption going in was, yeah, I'll meet some spouses and we've gone through the same stuff. But we met spouses who've gone really through the same stuff because we met one guy. Actually, it was the couple who had lived in Alaska. Uh, he has exceptional hearing like I do. Right. And, so and we, we actually had a good common, half hour yeah. chat about how do you deal with this? And we found out we have pretty much the same strategies. Even we, though I lived in 
with a deaf person. So my mom growing up was was profoundly hearing impaired. I d- we weren't married, and I think that there's a... That's a, very different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I don't envy your position, <laughs> but... But this is better, right? <laughs> oh, it's, it's way better now. Um, the Wild Horse Saloon. Oh, man. Is, so they take a thousand cochlear implantees and, and loved ones, and you pack them into the, the Wild Horse Saloon in Nashville. They did such a fantastic job. they did an amazing job. job. So the, probably the parts that were my favorite and probably everybody's favorite were twofold. The first thing is that every word of every speech or or mm-hmm. and every anything lyrics and songs everything that's what i was going to say everything that anybody said and anything that any any words that anybody sung were uh uh captioned captioned on, on both sides of the stage yeah. in huge letters so you could actually read easily read what the heck was going on and that was the first time in my life when i was at like a any kind of a, a musical performance or any performance of any kind and felt like I wasn't going to miss a word, like I was included. And 1,000 people at the Wildhurst Saloon felt that way. A lot For, of people and the said second that. Thing, a lot of people said that. It was just the coolest um, sensation as a, as a person who yeah. struggles to hear. Yeah. And the other thing that was cool was that, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, cochlear sent everybody uh, in advance. Yeah. They emailed everybody with like um, a, a video about how to learn to do the cochlear shuffle. Which is so a line it was dance. So funny. It was just a line dance. But having everybody there on the dance floor, you're talking about all these people who are technically, like biologically deaf yeah. that are doing this cochlear shuffle with a couple of cool little hip swinging moves and a, and and you know uh cowboy boot stomp on the floor and well and then there was this really touching moment where dante from i want to say i think he's from st louis uh he his daughter got married last year she has a cochlear implant and he didn't get one uh, he's needed one for a long, long time, but hasn't bothered to get one. After his daughter got married, he got a cochlear implant. And so they redid the father-daughter dance uh, oh. at her wedding at in the middle of the wild horse at celebration. Not a dry eye. Everybody like, bawled. Everybody bawled. It I was, was standing so beside much. the CEO of Cochlear, and we're both kind of looking, you know, wiping tears. Just, Do you, you know, know be manly. If, if you go, I think if you go onto the Cochlear website, they have a, the video on oh, there yeah. of that dance. Yeah, and they've, he does they've a, done, yeah, they've done a whole series of videos to, right. and things to follow them. It's a really amazing story. And it's what very he touching. Says is, we're cheering up just yeah, talking about I know, it right I'm now. I'm wiping tears. Yeah. And, and the amazing thing is that he says... He shouldn't have been so chicken shit. Yeah, well. You know, that's a paraphrase. <laughs> that's a coarse paraphrase. But he says he shouldn't have been so chicken. He was afraid to lose the hearing that he had, even though it was that miserable hearing. I mean, it's, it's the same thing. It's normal, normal, normal. It's a fearful process somehow. Mm. And it's nothing other than you getting past your own head. Like, you have to get out of your head and um, just kind of accept the the potential yeah. uh, before we close out is your hearing so we found out two things the first I'll let you talk about the second I'll talk about the first is your hearing in relation to everybody else who has a cochlear implant and then I'm going to talk first about um, that you don't have deaf speech so you don't have a deaf accent and 99% of the people that we met did 
And that was a huge surprise. We, I, I'm really kind of shocked. And that's part of why you're a bit of a curiosity. Because when they when they know your your hearing scores and and percentages for hearing, you know, I don't understand it either. The I've come up with several excuse or reasons uh, that that I don't have a deaf accent. But you can go into that if you want. But one of the one of my hypotheses I have no is no idea. Not... It's just a hypothesis. Is that um, growing up with a hearing impaired mum. I had no choice. If I wanted to be understood or heard, I needed to articulate very clearly and say all the consonants clearly and, you know, just speak diligently. You grew up doing therapy. Right. And so I don't really know any other way to speak. Yeah. And, and no, you my, are very deutlich. It's a German word, but you're, you are very precise when you speak. Uh, I don't think I always am, but mm, I don't know. It. Regardless, I th- that's the only thing I can come up with because I, s- I know for sure I did not hear my S's or any of the consonants. Well, through your work, you were exposed to accents constantly. And so you always had to have sort of straight English as a reference point. Yeah. So you, you always had exposure to reference point and something else not right. Well, I do, I do have to tell you that I've had several of my hotel guests ask me, what my accent is. So maybe I do have something. I don't know. But it might be Ontario. It's Ontario. <laughs> it's Toronto. It's still Toronto. It's your so, Toronto. Okay, um, so you're... Pers- yeah, so that's, of, that's, the, that's the accent part. Now talk about the, the whole... I, I, I will confess <laughs> sort of um, a little bit shyly that considering how short a time I had... How, how it hadn't been very long since activation when we were at... Celebration. It had right. been a year. It's a year. Yeah. And when I spoke to several other people who'd been activated for several years, and they they were not hearing as well as I could hear, mm-hmm. including in loud areas, they might have more current processors mm-hmm. and technology, and they had sort of different gear than I did. And um, I, I will tell you that I used my mini mic almost the whole entire time because the atmosphere was so loud. Like the hotel had waterfalls and just big, tall ceilings with glass. Like it was an atrium, almost yeah. the whole hotel. Or well, felt the hotel that way. was ridiculously massive and had its own river system. And right. Like it, so I uh, used that mini mic a, yeah, a, lot. a lot. But yeah. even when I didn't have it, uh, I heard really very, very well. And this is a, 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 a congregation of the greatest number of cochlear implant recipients that you can really run into at one time. Mm-hmm. It's the largest collection, I think, yeah, of them. It, I think early on it might have been annual, but now it's every two years. Right. Um, but it's like so, 1,200 people. Considering how many people we met and spoke to, many mm-hmm. of them did extremely well and are hearing very, very well. But it did uh, sort of hold a mirror up for me, and I I did sort of realize that it, you're pretty spectacular. I mean, we we talked. I was to, humbled by we that. We talked to Jim Patrick, who actually designed. He was the engineer who designed the implant. Mm-hmm. And he only that retired. Was, he only uh, retired a few years ago. That was a, I a was starstruck meeting yeah, him. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And there were two things about that I thought were amazing. One was that he was really surprised at your progress and ability. And two, uh, the actual implant part 
is like a crystal radio. Yeah. It, it's actually that just was a little, cool to learn it's a that. passive receiver. He got the idea from a crystal radio it when he was a so kid. It makes so much sense. Right? Now, when he was five years old, he built a crystal radio from scratch. He's not he didn't an average actually, kid. No, there's nothing average about that guy. Like multiple degrees. <laughs> I, and, all I can oh. say is I'm so grateful. We were sitting in the front in the finally the closing uh, breakfast. Mm. Um, so we're in the in the big ballroom there and he got up and I don't think he was at the mic yet and I was on my feet applauding as yeah. loudly as I could. I and mean, then he, everyone else too. I mean, yeah. every he's the one person Every time he got up to speak, there was an ovation when he got up. There was an ovation when he got down because everyone understood his role. I mean, you're getting verklempt. I'm getting verklempt. Just the thought of the guy. Yeah. I mean, they're so he he's so humble. It's ridiculous. You cannot help but feel a tremendous depth of gratitude here when you contemplate. There's a Kleenex for you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm gonna grab one too. Yeah. I mean, the 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 really the impressive part is how he's so happy for you. He's like, oh, I'm just so happy you hear so well. Yeah. <laughs> like, and he's been doing it for uh, forty years. He's he's retired. Yeah, now. he just retired a couple of years ago. Yeah. The, but the he still th- comes and speaks. There to was us. one amazing story that he told, and I'm, I'm sure he does it every celebration. This is our first time around Christmas. In the early 70s, when they were just starting the research, uh, they ended up taking cups and going out on the street and essentially asking for donations to be able to continue their research because no one would give them funding. I'm, I'm just they shaking literally my head were because passing the cup. Yeah, it's Holy such cow. dedication to this cause and the cause being people like me who just want to hear, yeah. what you, just want to like, be included. In. His compensation was a pittance. He didn't get paid much at all. I mean, he he put up a, like the napkin o- job offer. I remember, you know, the napkin scribble job offer. He puts that up on a yeah. slide, and everyone kind of laughs. And you look at the salary and go, "Yeah, that's not a lot of but money." But they did he, it for passion. They did it because they really wanted to make a difference. I hope in, he got share options because, man, yeah. like the the work, just the problem solving. I mean, the first pr- the first implants actually, or no, the first processors used. Um, uh, heart pacemaker chips and there were 24 and they had to get them smaller and so they eventually got down to one and then they finally did a custom one like holy cow it's just so creative and 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 brilliant yeah uh just want to mention if you know anyone who wants to talk about getting a cochlear implant or hearing loss or any of that kind of stuff Uh, Cochlear has an excellent mentoring program. We're in that program, so we do that stuff. Or you can just drop us a line on the My Beautiful Cyborg website. Yeah, because we're not not shy about asking questions. And we have had several people reach out to us. And and it seems as though they've benefited from our experience. And and so we're really happy to share that. Hearing tip of the week. Slow down. Why why slow down? Well, when you're speaking to someone who has compromised hearing, uh, they need to be... Remember, we talked about light and mm-hmm. making sure there's a light on in the room. They need to be able to see your lips. But the other thing is they need to be able to read them quickly enough. So if you just slow it down, even just to where you're only a little bit uncomfortable, mm-hmm. <laughs> not like terribly uncomfortable, but just go go a little slower. You give us a better chance to catch what you're saying. If you imagine you're speaking to somebody who doesn't speak English that well, that's a good way to talk to somebody who's hearing impaired. If you're worried about making them feel, uh, you know, stupid or 
being patronizing or anything like that. I was never offended when someone was making an effort to be understood by mm-hmm. me. You, if you spoke to me like I was a small child mm-hmm. or a very old person, I always actually appreciate it. Feels it feels really condescending and unnatural, but it's really helpful. It's very helpful, and I appreciated it. I can't speak for every hearing impaired person, but I can't imagine that you wouldn't be gracious enough to just appreciate that. So please slow down a little bit when you know somebody has a hearing problem. So your your assessment of cochlear celebration. See, we didn't even get to giving away canso chocolates. <laughs> no. That we did the webinar. That was crazy. But uh, that's why it took us an hour and a half last I time. Know. We we getting just, anywhere yeah. was really hard because we got stopped all the time. People wanted to talk. Five steps, and yeah, somebody would approach us. Yeah. We we didn't see much of Nashville at all. We, no. Yeah. It. But but it was super fun. It was actually a, a beautiful heartwarming it's a great event especially if you've endured you know a lifetime of hearing loss and you just want that support like everybody there just knows they know you if you have a cochlear implant or a baja you've been there yes everybody knows everybody understands yeah that's pretty good uh you wanted to say a couple thank yous actually you know, as I think about um, all of the time we've needed off to do media hits and to do to go to Nashville and uh, anyway, I just I'm I'm feeling very grateful to both of our employers. So that Graphos where you work and the Courtyard by Marriott in Edmonton downtown where I work. I mean, it's just um, really important and. Uh, and very, very, very helpful to have the support of your employer when you have appointments and all of these other things. So without, I just wanted to shout out them, to those. Without them, we don't have the ability to do what we're doing, and we don't have the life we have. That's exactly right. So and, I'm very and grateful. And so for that, so we're very you. grateful. Yeah. yeah Graphos.ca. <laughs> <clears throat> if you're developing a new product... You should really talk to us because we kick butt. You guys are amazing. I love the creativity and uh, and the the thought process that goes into what you do in terms of marketing. It's it's actually kind of fascinating. So, okay, let's skip the boilerplate. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 